0: This is Lewis Riddick of ESPN. You are listening to the SteelerNation.com podcast. Hello, Steeler Nation. It is I, your host, G-Striker, here sponsored by Total Sports Enterprise. It's part of the Big Play Network. And man, am I excited. Just before I get on the cast, the Steelers go and sign Larry Okunjobi, a guy that knows the AFC North, A guy that was drafted by the Browns, a guy that spent many years, or at least a couple years, I should say, last year, in Cincinnati, um, helping to revitalize that defense and got them to a Super Bowl. Now, I know he failed a physical earlier, right at the start of free agency. He was a whale. He he was going to sign a three-year, $40 million contract with Chicago Bears, but Foot injury looks like possible. Liz Frank was the reason that deal got scuttled. What does that mean for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Well, the Steelers signed him to a one-year contract, and I know his one-year contract ain't the value that he would have been paid per year by the Chicago Bears, nowhere in that 10 to 12 range. I'm guessing he signed somewhere between six and eight. That is my guess because it's the end of free agency time to stick it to the AFC North so he gets to play Cincinnati twice he gets to play Cleveland twice and he gets to do it from a revamped revitalized defense in Pittsburgh which starting to look like one of the scariest defenses assembled in the AFC especially now with Larry helping out I assume he's going to try to pick up on left defensive end spot to it. I know Wormley had seven sacks last season. Okunjobi had seven sacks last season. These guys are kind of vying for that last spot. I think I think Okunjobi is a better player. I think he's much better against the run than Wormley. But it doesn't mean that we can't switch people around, give us some self some depth, possibly if Okunjobi going to bang inside between the 0-3 tech positions like Alu-Alu. I don't know. But personally, I think he projects most to being, to its replacement, a playmaker on the opposite side of Watt, giving him the opportunity. I mean, he pretty much did it, yeah, I wouldn't say completely by himself, but he, he did it with less talent on defense than the Steelers have. He's got T.J. Watt running down his back. He's got Hayward over on the other side taking up blocks. So we've got to see how this is going to work out. But I'm excited, Stealing Nation. You let me know how excited you are, too, because I know that is like the biggest, craziest thing to freaking have right before coming on the cast. Miles, I finally made it this time. Yeah, we missed you, Miles. It's been been, uh, many miles since we have last met, Miles. But good to hear you. Michael Hall of Fame, we are live. Let's go, Striker. Let's go, Michael Hall of Fame. Always great to have you, man. He's one of the people I wanted to join Thank you, God. Woo! Good Ric Flair there. Not me, but lo- always love a good Ric Flair uh, reference. And I really couldn't even pull off that wooze since I was a kid. <laughs> but super psyched to have him. I was like, I wanted Sue as well. And still technically, we well, I guess Sue just signed, didn't he? I think he just signed somewhere. Or he's talking, he's talking about signing with the Raiders. I apologize. He has not signed yet. Still doesn't mean we don't need a news tackle. I wouldn't be against that. Miles Stryker, I got burned at the beach so badly today. Oh, and you got the most direct rays of the year, my friend. It is summer solstice. It is the longest day of the year. It is the day where the sun is going to be at the highest peak in the sky for the entire year. So, yes, you took the brunt of the strongest sun today, Lying on the beach. Hopefully you're still enjoying yourself and you found a way to cool and throw some salve on those wounds while you drink yourself into a nice blissful vacationing day. Because I wish I was on the beach getting burned. Nope, I'm at home doing work. (laughs) I'm still at home. I'll be out soon. (laughs) We'll get a couple more shows on the RV. You guys know that. Michael Hall, welcome to Pittsburgh, Okanjobi, Make us proud, man. Yeah, let's start talking about Okanjobi. Let's start talking about his stats. Um, Because these are the things that I wanted to really kind of relate to, uh, especially since now that we have, like, I want to show his stats with Chris Wormley, especially his last season. um, Because I think they're actually pretty comparable. (laughs) which is everybody's like, oh, we we got a replacement for it. But to me, okay, let's hear these stats. Seven sacks, 51 tackles, six tackles for losses, 10 quarterback hits. That's one player. The other player, seven sacks, 49 tackles, 12 tackles for a loss, 16 quarterback hits. Fairly comparable. Quarterback hits are way up for Larry Oak and Joby. They both had the same amount of sacks. Wormley actually had two more tackles. Larry had, oh my gosh, about six more TFLs and. Oh no, six less TFLs. He has less. No, that's Wormley. Yeah, six more TFLs and. Six more quarterback hits, so not a lot of difference between these guys. Uh, Wormley did it in 14 starts. Uh, Okanjobi did it in 16 starts. So (laughs) not as big of a boost that I was expecting out of that position. Still does not mean I'm not excited about it. I think technically I'd be most excited if Larry was playing the nose in between Wormley and. Hayward. Um, Because I think that puts the three best on the field, especially with Alu Alu getting up there in age, missing a year. We'll have to see how this works out. You tell me how you think it's going to work out, Steeler Nation. But that's at least the first aspect that I've seen, which is something else. Because last year was easily Okunjobi's best season. Um, and, And also Wormley's best season. I mean, Wormley's sacks coming up until this year, he had a total of three and a half sacks Entering this year, he had no sacks his first year. One is his sophomore season. One and a half his third year in Baltimore before being traded to Pittsburgh. Had one sack with us in the previous year before becoming a starter. Had seven last year. Similar, but at least Okunjobi's been a starter since his sophomore season, essentially. First year getting one sack, having one game started. Second year, five and a half sacks. Third year, five and a half sacks. Fourth year, two and a half sacks. Uh, production went back a bit that third year for some reason, or his fourth year in Cleveland uh, before he left in free agency, but had a revitalized year with those seven sacks. Uh, tackles right up around his average, right around 50 is what he's about averaging as a starter. Um, so he, he's looking like a very responsible guy and very, very capable of getting pressures on the quarterback. And that's something he's a, he's had triple digit pressures on the quarter, or sorry, double digit pressures on the quarterback three times in his five-year career so that is something that Chris Wormley hasn't had he's only had it last year he got double-digit pressures last year so you know what do you guys think about it are you guys excited about this where do you see him playing you know I'm kind of torn between him playing defensive end and nose now to tell you the truth but we'll have to see where he plays state of the Steelers welcome back to the show my friend hey striker just joined in he failed a physical with the Bears. Is that something we should be worried about? He had major foot surgery. I believe the foot sh- surgery was a Liz Frank surgery. And those are painful. They are uh, sole of the foot injuries, uh, muscle separation from the bottom of the foot, I believe is what I'm remembering from my uh, time as an athletic trainer way back in college. Um, but I, I think that's what it is. So they, they can be really funky injuries. They can be very difficult to recover from. Um, Good thing about Pittsburgh, we got UPMC in the house. Everybody that has a sports injury comes to UPMC to get it repaired. Why? Because they're the best at it. They are the absolute best in the nation at repairing sports injuries. Case in point, Sidney Crosby with his uh, concussions that almost knocked him out of his career early on. um, They found out that it was a neck problem. It wasn't a head problem. They corrected the neck injury, and he he hasn't had big concussion or reoccurring concussion problems since and has been able to continue a career, an an incredible career. So that was a big beacon for people coming into the Pittsburgh area um, just because UPMC is there. So we've got our doctors. We're able to check out this guy, and I definitely stand behind any doctor's requisite of uh, Steelers doctors putting him through physical Um, and and finding if anything is wrong with him, or they don't think that he can recover for something like this, I don't think that is going to be a problem. Um, I don't know how quickly he's going to be ready for training camp. Um, Frank surgeries can be three to five months. So if he got it around, you know, February, March, sometime in the off season, I know he's not going to be feeling hundred percent until about August. So we'll have to track this, follow it, see how it's going. But, For the reason the Steelers are getting a big discount. I bet you they're getting them for next to nothing. Um, We're still going to have a lot in cap space. We nearly have 23 mil in cap space before signing Kenny Pickett, which should drop it down another two mil or so. Um, So around 21 mil. So a ton to play with. Still tons of money to play with. Still can sign that vet running back for nothing. Because vet running backs now aren't – you're not going to get one for over four mil a season. They've been on the the, – The waiver wire for so long now that it's going to be very, very definitive that they're just not going to get paid big running back money. Running backs don't get paid in free agency, no matter what. Safeties don't get paid in free agency, no matter what we've already discussed that on the show. So now cheap time for bringing in vet running backs, looking for the Steelers still to find the right fit because um, I watched that Mike Tomlin interview on the pivot with Ryan Clark. Uh, um, Freddie, uh, Fred Taylor and, and the other guy, man, why am I I'm forgetting the other guy's name? Uh, but all of them played in the league, a Crowder and all of them play in the league. And it was just such an emotional watch. You watched three players with absolute respect for Mike Tomlin. And you got to see firsthand why Mike Tomlin is a leader of men. How he holds himself to a higher accountability than anyone ever will. And that we should be really proud of having him as our head coach. Because my guys, flat out, all you Tomlin haters out there, you can hate Tomlin all you want, but you're not going to know the man until you watch that interview. That is the biggest window into who Mike Tomlin is as a man, that you've gotten to see some of his veneer and his shield come off because he was talking with former player Ryan Clark being a, a player that he respected and played hard, played hard uh, underneath of him. That's how you get to find a measure of that man, getting those guys to really go inside. I mean, he he talked about that play on Thanksgiving when he was on the field, almost bumped into uh, uh, the the kick returner on the Ravens. Uh, They talked about a B they talked about, you know, Ryan Clark in general and keeping him out of game uh, that Denver game, because he looked at himself and he said, you know, why are we even having this conversation? We wouldn't be having this conversation if my son was standing where you are right now. You're not playing because he cares about Ryan Clark more as a human being, keeps him out of there. So he doesn't get that sickle cell to cause a high altitude sickness that nearly killed him, nearly killed Ryan Clark. If he wasn't a professional athlete, he probably would have died. Um, But the fact that he was so fit and he was able to drop down to 160 pounds, still survive and get through treatment get that fixed and come back to play football again too and just didn't play in Denver anymore after that point but super super awesome stuff just the best one of the best interviews I've just absolutely ever seen uh Frank Larry can play all three spots on the line can't even explain how hyped we are we all should be about it this signing curious what the deal looks like I had to guess I'd say five million base with three million in incentives that would be a phenomenal phenomenal contract frank i would love that contract and and frankly the incentive base shouldn't be in stats it should be in starts because that guy if he can prove to be a starter somewhere on that line whether it's nose tackle whether it's left defensive end because he ain't unseating cam <laughs> you and i both know that though we could play all three if cam cam gets hurt he can plot in that spot as well you're definitely right about that but I am super psyched. I know it's going to be cheap. I know it's got going to be that 10 to 12 to 13 range that he was getting for from the uh Chicago before they had to cut him. We got him for nothing. Absolutely. It, it might even be less than he's. It might be a shocking number, like three mil. I don't know what it is yet. I all I know is it's a one-year deal. He's going to show he can play, and he's going to play at a high level for us um, because he's going to be playing for his next contract. Because he's still young. He's only got one, two, three, four right five seasons in the league. he's in his sixth season. this is the time he's supposed to get paid. absolutely supposed to get paid. great points. Michael Hall, who else do you think we should sign and what position is still needed? vet running back um, but the only aspect about vet running back is it's got to be a specific guy because at the end of the interview, if any of you guys watch the pivot interview, like I said, I, I go to YouTube, search for the pivot. Pivot and Mike Tomlin. It just dropped today, and I I spent an hour and a half watching it, and I was riveted, absolutely riveted. At the end of that interview, he was talking about who, or Ryan Clark asked him the question, "Who are you going to lean on now, going into 2022 season? Now that you don't have Ben Roethlisberger, what players?" Are you going to lean on to be your next leaders? And he mentioned about having conversations with Cam Hayward last year about leadership and being able to transfer and show how to be a leader to a guy like Najee Harris, who is a natural leader. We were saying that when he was drafted. I mean, Najee was showing leadership qualities last year, taking full responsibility, and then plus playing at it at a level on the field above and beyond what I ever expected out of a rookie, let alone a rookie running back. I mean, this is a guy, this is the kind of rookie running back that I'm now talking about. This is the kind of guy you give a second contract to. This guy is a team leader. So if you're going to bring a vet running back into this locker room, it can't be one that has too much of a personality to overshadow the leader you are developing within that room. It's got to be a humble guy. It's got to be a knowledgeable guy and a guy that understands that it's Najee Harris's offense. I mean, we're just asking for a backup here, guys. I understand it. This is going to be a Najee Harris offense. And he's shown he's got the wheels to do it and the strong tree trunk legs that this this offense is going to run on. Victor Thomas, how you doing, Vic? Wonder how it's going to work with him and Mason, right? Oh, Alex Kazura just put out a perfect tweet an absolute perfect tweet And his tweet was um, Steelers brought in Mitchell Trubisky Steelers signed Kenny Pickett Steelers or Steelers drafted Kenny Pickett Steelers just brought in Larry Okunjobi. How, <laughs> how, it's like Mason? <laughs> Mason Rudolph must be having his worst off season ever. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's absolutely. Comical now, what's kind of going on in this locker room, it may be to the point where Rudolph doesn't want to be in that locker room. I don't know, or he can take it. I mean, he's a very spiritual guy i I know he's humble in his own way yet kind of like abrasive in interviews, but we'll have to see we'll have to see how it mixes, but he's a stealer now he's he's not on the other side. he doesn't have to pretend to be the enemy anymore, so I'm excited to see how it works out. I, th- I think it, it could work out. That is if Rudolph's on the roster. If we don't find a trade partner for Rudolph, you know, we'll find a way to make it work. Let's go Steelers. Let's go Mike Wood. Thank you very much, Mike. Always good to hear from you, my friend. Michael Hall, I still want Johnson to be signed by Pittsburgh to back up Harris. Yeah, yeah, we were, we've been talking about on, on that on a, quite a few of these uh, vidcasts, Michael Hall. And I'm 100% with you because I think you brought me on to that one. Um, I think Johnson would be a good pickup, but I think Johnson still wants to be the guy. I still think he wants to be the starter. Like, um, D'Angelo Williams was the only situation we've gotten into in the last few years where we were trying to bring in a good backup that knew that they were a backup. And he, he did heck he, he put up pro bowl numbers and made the pro bowl and still knew he was the backup. When he was backing up Bell. I mean, that was just fantastic what he was doing. Um, but like Blunt didn't work out. Blunt wanted to be the guy. Uh, you know, it's it's just the way it works out sometimes. Um, it's, it happened on the defensive side last year with Ingram. Ingram wanted to be the guy. He thought he was better than Highsmith. He's not. He's flat out not better than Alex Highsmith. An interesting fact Steel Nation. Something that I put together just looking at the stats here. Okanjobi and Highsmith used to be teammates at Charlotte. Highsmith's freshman year, Okenjobi's senior year before coming into the league, really really interesting stuff cuz I remember talking to Highsmith when I interviewed him on his uh, rookie interview about playing with Okanjobi and, and and what kind of a what, what he's doing in the league now. Um and yeah, it was just really exciting things to talk about having good defensive players and good players now. From Charlotte starting to be drafted by the NFL and be productive players in the NFL. So pretty cool to have two uh two old Charlotte teammates there playing st- possibly starting for the Pittsburgh Steelers defense this year. Gonna be pretty cool stuff. Agree. Oh, yeah, Frank. Yeah, that's a that's truth on that one. Uh Tomlin for president. Yeah, I mean you honest. Oh, my cat is trying to my cat, the Bengals fan, is trying to rip the microphone cord out. She just ran from me. That little kitty. <laughs> Always doing it. Scott. Uh, let's get up to your question. How about this off season by the Steelers? I've been a fan since 74 and I've never seen an off season like it. Mr. Flores is going to play out to be the biggest addition of them all. Spot on Scott. Spot on. also Flores came up in that interview on the pivot uh, with Mike Tomlin when they they were asked like how like how did he end up coming to your team and and Mike's like you know I was just reaching out to him I gave him you know, he, Mike's also part of the minority coaching um, group that helps minority coaches within the NFL and they reached out he wanted to make sure that they were all um, in sync to help him out with his lawsuit. Uh, and that was before even talking to him personally. When they started sharing information, asked some questions about coaching, Flores still wanted to coach, but knew he wasn't a candidate for those final two positions. And Tomlin's like, "Look, if you want, if you want to coach here, they, you know, give me 24 hours, and uh, I'll have an answer for you." He walked down the hall into Art Rooney's office, asked him, "Hey, uh, Art, you you mind?" Uh, would you mind if we brought in Brian Flores to be a coach here? He said, it's fine. Walked out. He said it wasn't even 45 minutes. <laughs> Text him right back or called him right back up. You want to come coach the Pittsburgh, on the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yes, I do. And that's honestly, like, Mike didn't want to be disingenuous to the man. He knows he is a head coach in this league. He knows that Brian Flores is a coordinator and didn't want to scuttle any any possibilities of him being a coordinator elsewhere or a head coach elsewhere. He just simply said, you are football coach. It doesn't matter what your position is in Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh, you are a football coach. You are going to help us out wherever we need. And that is exactly what they're going to do. So excellent point, Scott. He was brought in, not intentionally at first, but they are more than happy to have him there, because even Mike Tomlin knows and is humble enough to accept everything that Flores has to offer to make this team better, and that is just the best for all of us—absolute best. Stay the Steelers. Great points. Great points. Thanks. Uh, Gronk officially retired. Again, didn't he already? Didn't we already do this? Didn't Brady retire? <sighs> it's gonna go on a week four. He's only like. Gronk want to play football. Gronk smash. And then Gronk comes back out on the field and catches some. Maybe a playoff run. <sighs> if Brady and them start doing well. We'll have to see. Is he, is, is Brady coaching the team this year? I don't know. Ran uh, Arians out of there, I'll tell you that. Miles, have you seen that Claypool said he's a top three receiver? I'm liking the confidence he's coming into the season with. I definitely agree with Claypool. He is a top three receiver on the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Probably number two in the league. Not yet. I, I think he has the size, speed, athleticism ratio where the sky is the limit on this guy. I think he's more athletic than uh, than uh, um, Bryant. Oh, gosh. Martavis Bryant, when we had him. And he was a, an athletic size, speed ratio dude too. I think he's more athletic than Plexico Burris. And we got Burris in the first round. Faster than Burris, can jump higher, can jump a hell of a lot higher than Burris. Burris had the shortest vertical. That's why I always called him the shortest six foot six uh, receiver we ever had. I swear, his, I, I had a higher vertical than him. I always see me like jump like four inches in the air. <laughs> he was never a high pointer. Claypool can high point. And honestly, I, I think it's going to come down to these these quarterbacks and how they use them. And I know Mitchell Trubisky can deliver a football to talented wide receivers. He did it with Robinson. There is highlight film of Robinson snagging balls uh, from a, just watch Mitch Trubisky's highlights. It's essentially a highlight of Robinson snagging balls that shouldn't have been caught by anyone. <laughs> but Claypool can be that guy. He can't DJ can be that guy. I mean, they're extremely athletic men. You can't cover um, DJ in the short area. You can't cover Claypool on the long field. I want him to be used more like DK Metcalf. I want to see him more on 10-yard drags all the way across the field when we finally have this offensive line that can block for five seconds and get me a deep drag and watch him at DK Metcalf it up the field Then after he does it. Because that's the type of player that Claypool could be. It is. I'm waiting for him to put it together. He jumps and falls a lot last season. The first year he was making play after play after play where he had limited snaps. So I think he can recover. I just don't think he's had that chance to have consistency with the offensive line and the quarterback and the other receivers. Uh, Because unfortunately, Juju went down early uh, last year too when they looked like they were going to be a good, really good squad. Uh, before that happened but we will have to see i still think he's a good receiver potential will be great but definitely a top three receiver on the Steelers Derek lore it was a great interview yeah i'm glad you watched it Derek there's nothing like yeah there's nothing like sitting down because every time we watch Tomlin usually it's on a press conference usually it's after a game standard is the standard he uses quips. So he doesn't have to talk. He says he hates to talk. He hates to expand. He says he can say things concisely with few words. He gets the point across and he can move on. And that he does better than anybody I've ever seen. Absolutely anybody I've ever seen. But to see the love in that room and the respect, this the respect was flat out palpable between all of those guys. And, you know, you knew Ryan Clark had had the honor of being the only one in that room to play for Mike Tomlin. You heard Crowder say like like he he Mike Tomlin lost out to Cam Cameron to being able to coach the Miami Dolphins and Crowder lost it because Crowder would have loved to have played under Tomlin. Same thing with Freddie. Freddie Taylor said the only two two teams he wanted to play for after Jacksonville, Patriots and Steelers. That was it. That was absolutely it and had nothing but glowing things to say about Mike Tomlin as a man, Mike Tomlin as a leader of men and Mike Tomlin as a head coach in the NFL. Just, (laughs) it was a perfect interview. Absolutely perfect interview and a must watch for any Steeler fan. Must watch the pivot interview. YouTube guys watch it. It just came out today and I'm glad that so many of Steeler nation has already seen it because we get to discuss it. That's, Pretty much what this show is. It's like, hell, I don't have much to talk about. Well, I'll watch this interview. They got tons to talk about off that interview. And then we go and sign and Joby right before I start. So, hell, <laughs> that's a cherry on top there, boys. <laughs> Miles, now it, is that for the league or the team? Exactly. That's it. <laughs> you guys got my, we're all sitting on the same path there, Michael. I know you're the jokester. Uh, You think Claypool will stay focused and be the man? I think he has to be. Really, Joe, he has to be. First season, I think it was almost too easy how well, how easily things came to Claypool. He worked hard. He didn't have to think too much. He was just trying to, to work hard every week and get better and better and better. And then when they thrust the starting position upon him last year, it seemed like he was resting on his laurels a little bit. You know, he didn't seem to, didn't feel that he had to work as hard, maybe. But now getting it, because he was going to that season, he's like, yeah, I want 19 touchdowns. What did he end up with? Like two. Two. He had like 14 the year before, two the next year. That's a big difference. And that's a humbling difference. So, Joe, if you ask me if he can stay focused, I think that that humbling experience last year of dropping down to two touchdowns when he a 19 when he played nearly every single game, I think that shows that he needs to work harder to get to be, and to get those numbers that he thinks that he can attain. I think he can attain them too. I I think with his stats, he's got like Megatron size, speed ratio, and his catch radius is insane. Just needs to put it together. So, yeah, I I think it'll be... Focus is your chow, chow, dad in the house. How you doing, chow, chow? It's been a while. Steelers have never been afraid to take a chance on talent. Truth. And hopefully this time it works out. Hell, we took a chance on Wormley, chow, chow. And he worked out for us last year. Seven sacks from the left defensive end spot without it being there was a hell of a job. I take my hat off to Wormley. I feel slightly, you know, ups- upset and saddened for Wormley. If Okunjobi takes the spot, because I think he's almost earned like flat out earned it. You know, it's, he's working his way up through the system. He's showing he can be a productive starter in this league. He put up the same numbers pretty much that Okunjobi put up last year for his team. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Ah, but I'm still happy about the signing. Don't worry. Yeah, still happy about the signing. Is Joe Hayden coming back? That's a great question, Derek. Great to hear from you again, Derek. Um, I would not be against it. The, the only issue with Hayden coming back is he's a backup. As long as he knows he's a backup, that's fine. As long as he knows he's getting backup money, that's fine. He's got three guys ahead of him on the outside. Wallace, Witherspoon, and Sutton are all ahead of him on the depth chart. All of them. Writing was on the wall. Hayden has not signed with another team, guys. A lot of you guys are like, oh! Don't let him be a free agent. He's going to go for $10 million a year. He'll be gone the next day. And I was saying, guys, I don't think he's going to be playing corner anymore. He might play safety somewhere. I don't see him playing corner anymore. The league spoke. They don't need a corner. And hell, they don't pay safeties either in the free agency. So, But would I take him back? Yes, I would. I would. But he would have to be, beat out somebody like Justin Lane. Um, Or the other guy. Gosh, who was the uh, Pierre? Pierre was the other guy. Yeah, to see if one of those guys, you know. Right now, he'd be a luxury, to tell you the truth. Do the Steelers need more leadership in that locker room? I don't know. It's a young team. We've got good leaders established. Got Hayward on defense. Now we have Najee Harris on offense. Don't even need to rely on the quarterback to be the leader this year. It's going to be an interesting year. Uh, In an interesting dynamic to see where those two leaders can take this team. And, of course, Derek Watt leading the special teams. (laughs) I can't forget about good old DJ. (laughs) Michael Hall, convert your cat to a Steelers fan? I wish I could. But she's such a minx. That cat, just like my dog being a Browns fan. Dog's a brown dog. I'm like, let's go Steelers. She's like, I'm a Browns fan. I'm like, why are you so stupid? She's like, I'm a brown dog. I'm like, that, that's why I can't get a bird because it's going to root for the Ravens. I'm going to get a hamster. It's probably going to be a Ravens fan. My daughter wants a damn hamster. Who has hamsters? <laughs> hamsters are pain in the ass animals. Holy crap. I had one as a kid though. I'm not going to lie. I had two uh, growing up. I had two, One and then died and then I got a replacement hamster. Um, fun fun couple years there through elementary school, early middle school. But, uh, But yeah pets in the household. (laughs) Miles, I still can't believe people think the Steelers have gotten worse since the Steelers ended. Like we literally upgraded in every way possible. That is a hundred percent right. Even at safety, when we, when we basically went into the draft without a starting strong safety, we still didn't draft one. We, We ended up, I think actually, I think we signed, signed Edmonds right before the draft. That's right. But then we brought in KZ. And that makes me, that signing makes me very, very happy as a Steeler fan. So, you know, it, it's all how you look at it. Uh, I'm trying to bring up my um, my free agency uh, spreadsheet here. because j- Just because, like, we went down the list. Michael, Mitchell Trubisky, obviously a quarterback. Miles Jack, an inside linebacker where Schobert was not the answer. James Daniels at guard um, when we needed an extra guard. Mason Cole, Cole at center. Witherspoon and Wallace at the edge corner positions. Resigning Chooks to lock down the right tackle spot. Bringing in Gunner as a kick returner. Resigning Adams as a nose tackle. Bringing back Miles Killebrew as an awesome special teams player adding some safety depth. Arthur Mallette as well as a uh, cornerback, slot corner depth. KZ, possible strong safety. He and Edmonds are going to be duking it out. Carl Joseph coming back again, signing him to a one-year contract. As well as Gennard Avery, which looks like he's going to be the top third guy on the field for outside linebacker. He was a starter last year for the Eagles. Um, going to be the top guy off the bench when Highsmith or Watt needs a rest. Um. Then, of course, picking up Spillane again for depth, Marcus Allen for depth, Hour for depth, and Boykin to possibly be our backup Z receiver and also help out on special teams. So really, really active in free agency. I will be adding Okunjobi to this list since we now got an extra player. And then, of course, the draft. We had a great draft. I thought we we picked up the players we needed to get in the spots that we needed depth. So. We're still going to find out what kind of players Loudermilk and Leal are by bringing in a guy like Okunjobi. Who, if Okunjobi still shows like he's the man, we can turn around and we can sign him again. We can we can tag him for God's sakes if we need to. It would be really interesting to see how that plays out because we have got enormous amounts of cap for next season. Another reason why we've got why we've been so active in free agency, guys, and why we continue to be active in free agency. Our cap is insane this year. It's because we don't have Ben Roethlisberger as a starting quarterback. We don't have a franchise quarterback. Everybody else in the league has franchise quarterbacks. They have to stop their free agent spending a lot earlier than the Steelers did this year. And Steelers still have room to spend. Bring in Sue at nose tackle. Bring in Johnson at running back. We still have room to do these things. Absolutely amazing what we're going on. But to get Pickens in the second round after getting... Uh, uh, Kenny Pickett in the first round, Leal in the third round, Austin, kick returner, and great chess piece to play as a receiver on offense. Uh, Hayward, Connor Hayward coming in at tight end and special teams, Mark Robinson, special teams and linebacker, and of course, Chris Alodekin, probably going to be our practice squad quarterback this season. Awesome, awesome way to utilize everybody that we're drafted. Um, and everybody in free agency. It's going to be a really interesting training camp, and I can't wait to see it. I'm going to go to it. I'll talk to you guys. We'll be chatting about it before I head out, and I'll tell you guys how to get a hold of me. If you want to hang out, we'll have a Steeler Nation area to sit and talk and chat and watch practice and get autographs and just have a fun time. Uh, I'm looking forward to that, guys. I'm looking forward to meeting you guys too. Uh, George, Miles grade. people will change their minds after the season starts. People, Steelers fans change their minds every week. It's part of being a fan, guys. (laughs) All the are getting upset over this or that, that or this, yins or yats. (laughs) All comes up. Whether you're uptown or downtown, doesn't matter. You'll be upset over something. (laughs) Something always pops up. Michael Hall, show of hands. How many of you think when Ben retired, Brady retires after to steal his spotlight, then unretires? I think Gronk is trying to do the same thing. Why, is there a good tight end that that retired this year? (laughs) great tight end that he's trying to trying to steal the spotlight from no I, I think honestly I think that retiring thing for Brady was leverage for him against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for them to fire or not retain Bruce Arians as their head coach because Bruce Arians has already flat out said if uh, if Brady didn't retire he'd be the head coach so that tells me that Brady was saying to the brass brass is saying, okay, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have Arians, uh, come back again next year. Uh, hope you're coming back too. He's like, Nope, I retire. What, what do you mean you retire? You, you still got a lot of football left you head of you. Yeah, I know. But if Arians is the coach, I'm retired. I tell you balls to donuts. <laughs> I just made that one up balls to donuts. <laughs> That's the way it played out in Tampa Bay, and that ownership is just as weaselly as the Crafts, just as handy as the Crafts. Because <laughs> it happened in Florida, right? I th- think that Super Bowl was in Tampa Bay, wasn't it? Yeah, Craft, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, hmm, interesting. <laughs> that that's probably the way it went down, and and that might have went down under the table too. You know, that's that's how you that's how you grease the wheels with these NFL NFL owners, from what I hear. But, man, I just need to be an NFL owner. <laughs> Hayden is 100% retiring. Yeah, especially if nobody gives him a chance, Miles. And to tell you the truth, if he's 100% retiring, I bet you balls to donuts, 100% retiring as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he's not going to retire as a Cleveland Brown. He played way more years for the Brownies than for us. What's he going to do? Retire as a stealer. He's going to come back for that press conference. I'm telling you. Michael Hall, at this moment, it was neither Matthew or KZ, but since New Orleans signed Matthew to bring him back home, we got the second best safety in KZ. So it's a win win either way. And I'm still great and fine having Edmonds on the team for depth. I just hope, I hope and pray. Please, football gods. Football gods of the black and gold, I pray to you. I pray to you on my bended knee that KZ can find a way to win the strong safety starting spot and be the next strong safety, starting strong safety for the Pittsburgh Steelers for the 2022 season. Amen. <laughs> Honestly, guys, we were talking about it. Many a it cast, a couple podcasts. KZ's name came up often, often as being like, I was 100%, you guys know I was 100% in, sold into Honey Badger. I wanted Honey Badger when he was draftable. That was the bell year. I wish we took him in the first round instead of Jarvis Jones, which he ended up going in the third round or something. But if we took Honey Badger in the first round, man, that draft would have been insane, absolutely insane. And and I think that would have given him a couple years to play with Polamalu, I think think. Yeah. Yeah. I think he would have had a couple years with Polamalu to learn under Polamalu. Holy crap. Wow. Yeah. it would have been something else. I know it's right toward Polamalu coming out. So uh, that's why I really wanted Tieran Matthew horribly in that draft, but I'm fine with KZ. KZ is a great number two. Very fine with that. Michael Hall, people we keep putting us down saying we got bad this and that it just adds more fuel to the fire. We are now a team to watch in the next year or two to make it back to the big stage. And that's something that we always talked about was a Super Bowl window. It's like your Super Bowl window is only open for so long. We had a large Super Bowl window for just having Ben Roethlisberger on this team gave us an enormous Super Bowl window, essentially a 17-year Super Bowl window. Uh, And that was something that we always expected. These defenses are still Super Bowl capable i look at this defense right now. I think this is a Super Bowl defense. I really do. So if we have an offense that just doesn't make mistakes, doesn't turn the ball over, and is efficient enough to get us 21 points a game, hopefully 24 points a game, you could win a Super Bowl with that team. You really could. It's a young team. The sky is the limit. You know, th- this is what we do. Steeler fans talk ourselves up for a Super Bowl every season. But I am legitimately excited for this year. I, I think that the youth is going to be so well integrated with the leaders on this team and with already the vets that are established on the defensive side of the football. We really don't have any vets at all on offense. Our offense is all, both tight ends are new guys. Running backs are all new in their first contracts. Linemen. Aside from the journeyman we brought in with with, uh, with Cole and with Daniels, I mean, really our only vet on offense is Chooks. Chooks is the only vet on offense. Wow. <laughs> I mean, vet with the team. Like a guy that's been on this team for over four years. He's the only guy on offense. And then your next highest guy? Deontay Johnson, who we're all starting to talk about, lock that guy down. He's a team leader. <laughs> I don't know how you guys want to throw the baby out with the bathwater when you've got the best wide receiver getting open off his first break in the league. He has a higher ceiling than AB. AB did it all as a seventh, or sixth rounder, sixth rounder, sixth rounder, sixth rounder. Did it all as a sixth rounder, but he had to work hard to get there. Deontay Johnson's working hard too, don't get me wrong. But he had a higher ceiling coming to this league. There's a reason why he went in the third round and not in the sixth round. Deontay Johnson can play in this game. And man, just making a Pro Bowl off of showing how he, he gets open and how he makes plays for Ben Roethlisberger, who had to get the ball out in one and a half seconds. Man, look out when you got to get the ball out. When we gotta, when we got an offensive line that can get the ball out in three to five seconds, look out. It really doesn't matter like how good your quarterback is. If you give your quarterback three to five seconds, he's going to make plays. He's going to make plays downfield, and your receivers are going to make plays for him. That's what I'm excited about this year. It's those offensive tackles are the only ones in pass protection that is still not 100% sold on, but it's another year. Dan Moore is now another year bigger. He's another year stronger. He did an excellent job against Garrett when he faced him twice last season. Phenomenal job. And Garrett's probably the best he's going to face. He's got to get himself up like that for every game and treat it like that for every game. Why? Because he's on the blind side. He's got the tough job now for all these young quarterbacks. Ben had a sixth sense, was able to step up in the pocket, move, shutter, best pocket mobile quarterback that I've just about ever seen. But now it is the tackle's job to make sure that they stay off of the quarterbacks. Though our quarterbacks are a little bit more mobile. Trubisky might take off down the field a couple times. Pickett can run with the ball as well and fake slide. (laughs) Sorry for that Reynolds laughed. I don't know how that one came out. But yeah, I'm just excited, Michael Hall. I'm excited for the season. It's the way that happens. Like I'm depressed at the end of the season. Sometimes it's really, really difficult. Some years more than others, others for me to get back into it. Sometimes I don't get back into it till draft time. Sometimes I don't get back into it until training camp. Free agency, I can never get back into it because we're never draft, picking up any guy exciting except for this year. Free agency made it super exciting this year. Like that's when I started getting excited for this team. We started bringing guys in like Trubisky and Jack and Daniels and Cole uh, well, we brought in Jack more recently. Um, Wallace. I mean, they, they, we some great pieces brought in early to get me excited about free agency. And then the draft happened. And I was even more excited because the draft happened. All of our holes were filled. <laughs> I think like a hardworking porn star was my only reference to that. All of our holes were filled. Um, but <laughs> that's where my mind goes for... Uh, Analogies. <laughs> but but that was the easy way to enjoy the draft. Didn't really have to draft and, and, and jump up for everybody. So we got the players we wanted. Might have taken a risk at quarterback, but we got the guy we wanted. We got the top quarterback in the draft, according to our sheet, according to 32 teams, or 20 at least, because 20 drafted by the time we did. Uh, but nobody else wanted to jump back up ahead of us. We took the top quarterback on the board, and that is rare. When's the last? Le- when is the last time the Steelers have taken the top quarterback in the draft? I think we might have to go back to Terry Bradshaw when we drafted number one overall. I think that's it. <laughs> There's no other time we took the number one quarterback in the draft. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Just off the top of my head. You old heads can, uh, can, can correct me if I am wrong and I'm happy to be corrected as you guys always know I am, but you got to put that in perspective. Kenny Pickett might be the first quarterback taken in the draft, overall quarterback taken in the draft by the Pittsburgh Steelers since Terry Bradshaw, and that's in, like, 1969. That's back then, around there. Wait, 69, wasn't that the – that Knowles' first year he drafted – that would have been 70, sorry, 70 draft. Yeah, 69 he drafted uh, Mean Joe Green. That was his first draft. I think Brady did it for sure. Me too. <laughs> me too there. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce your name, Dancine. Love the name. You can correct me. You can pronounce it, put it out phonetically, and I will never forget it. So awesome to have you on the show. Welcome to the show. I'm glad Facebook is up and working. Thank you so much to Justin McGonigal, our fearless leader, for getting the Facebook links all fixed so you guys could chime in again i'm sorry twitter you guys can hear and watch the podcast the vidcast live but you cannot comment for me to see it in real time uh unless i guess i just open up my phone and look at it i could start doing that <laughs> i should open up another window what am i think I'm doing uh hey striker ghost steals. hey ian how you doing there's an old head like i said old heads can come here and correct me love seeing you on the show ian as always uh what am i drinking boss one of my favorite all-time beers and uh It's one of my go-tos, especially for the summer, Uh, Big Wave by Kona. And I was big into Big Wave even before it was distributed nationally over here. I went to uh, Hawaii a couple times. I went out to California where they did distribute it in California when I was out there with my music days. Um, Big Wave was one I'd always always kind of pick up. It's got a slightly like mango hint to it, very slight, but it's a very easy drinking summer ale. Uh, And I will go to this over any Sam Adams summer ale. But all of those, like anything from Maui Brewing or from uh, Kona, those beers are freaking phenomenal. Absolutely. And if you're, if you're lucky enough to be on the big island and actually go to Ola Brewing, Ola's fantastic. Um, big Kahuna, I think, is in the center of, the, of that island, too. Fantastic stuff. I traveled those islands and went to their breweries. So, like, I've, I've got some big opinions. I went to some on uh, Kauai. I went to some on Maui. Mostly the big ones on Maui. I didn't really hit any of the. It's a couple of the smaller ones, but they were fine. They were some fine ones. Miles Watson settled today 20 of his 24 civil cases. And I'm glad you brought up that number, Miles, because I'm getting sick of seeing the reporting on this stating that Watson has settled all but four of his of his cases against him no the correct number to state is he settled 20 20 cases of sexual misconduct against this man and still has another four pending this guy's this guy's a menace ladies and gentlemen and if you work in the massage um area especially if you are a sports masseuse where it is a serious business to rub out you know those um to get the, the knots out of muscles for ideal performance. And I'm not talking about the uh, the, the, the one eyed willy pumps and all that stuff. They don't do that. They are professionals. These guys are coming to, to teams and they make sure that your athlete is ready to go 100% because their their muscles are 100% usable. They're not going to get uh, bends, they're not going to get tears. It's really, really important work. And he's doing it to those, he's treating those type of masseuses like they were you know back alley masseuses is that that those people take advantage of those women anyway uh in those situations which is extremely unfortunate um for the uh you know industries that we have over here in this country um but yeah 20 settled 20 of his 24 he still has twice as many pending than ben had issues come up that never went to court or that he had to settle well i guess technically he did settle the one Um, But I don't think the other one even went to civil court. Um, It's just the way it is. Absolutely mind-numbingly stupid, what the Browns have to endure. And they deserve every single bit of it. Absolutely every single bit. Michael Hall, do you think we blew it by signing Jones instead of Matthew? I don't know. Um, I wanted Matthew. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I think... We, I, th- I still think we could have just afforded Matthew to tell you the truth, but for some reason our team didn't think he was as good of a fit on this team as KZ is. And I don't know if that's a, a salary cap thing or if it's a locker room thing, but you know, Matthew is a big personality as well in the locker room. So that's something you have to weigh when bringing Matthew to a team. Um. So yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's just the way it worked out. <laughs> I mean, if you ask me personally, would I rather have Matthew or, or Jones? I'd rather have Matthew. But I'm not going to be upset with what we got. I definitely am not. Michael Hall. Now that you brought up Polamalu and with Matthew next to him, it's like Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees in a backfield. Hashtag what could have been. I know. we There was a chance, guys. There was talk of the Steelers drafting Ed Reed the year after we drafted Polomalu. That was big talk because we needed a free safety as well. And uh so that would have been interesting to see Polomalu and Ed Reed playing next to each other. We might have won a couple Super Bowls, guys. We might have won a couple more. Ha <laughs> ha. We definitely would have won 2010. <laughs> what hashtag? What could have been? <laughs> I love it, Michael. Free agency was loaded this year, yeah, and we we did a good job utilizing our our team history, our respect of our ownership, and the respect of our coaches to be able to bring in the best players possible and to get them all motivated to want to play for this team. Like this is this is this is probably the most free agents coming to our team in one season that I can remember. I mean, just going down this list, we I mean, I I'll even I got to include uh our boy that we just brought in today, uh, Okanjobi. Um so that's one. We're up to 21 free agents brought in. Not all of them, obviously starters, but 21 out of your, which looks like most of these guys are making the roster. The ones that are going to be the only bubbles I see on this roster. Carl Joseph, because it's going to be between Carl Joseph and Killerbrew maybe. Now Killerbrew is probably going to be coming in as a, as a. Oh man, I don't know how that's going to work out because now you got Sutton, you got Killerbrew, you got Norwood working at safety. You got a lot of safety talent here. A lot of safety talent. Joseph, Fitzpatrick at free. Edmonds and KZ and technically Mallette also can play strong. Um, or Kille, Killebrew, I meant, can play strong. Yeah, because Mallette's a, a, a corner. There is some – one of those has got to go. One of those has got to go. And now bringing in Okunjobi, it, it may mean Adams loses a seat. Gunner still isn't hundred percent of making this team. I'd like him to make this team. He's got to show he can be a receiver, also, honestly, to make this team. And bringing in Austin made it a lot tougher for him now. Um, J.C. Hassanauer probably can be a switchblade here on 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 making the roster and just being able to plug a hole in a lot of positions. But then again, so can Green. And Green's going to be above Hassanauer on on the depth chart. Um, and then the other other ones being uh, Marcus Allen Spillane. So. Oh, and Haskins. I I did list Haskins in this list because he was brought in as a free agent. Unfortunately, he's not on the team anymore. So out of the 20, God rest his soul, by the way, um, out of the 20 we brought in, I could see all 20 making this team. But more realistically, probably going to see somewhere between 16 and 18 of them making this team. That is a whole side of the football, (laughs) essentially. That is a lot of players. And we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight of them will be starters. Eight of them Okanjobi, Trubisky, Jack, Daniels, Cole, Witherspoon, Wallace, a core of four. And then it's going to be either Edmonds or KZ as that strong safety. That's eight. I mean, that is if you don't count your starting punt kick returner. If Gunner does that, that would be nine. Rest of them are depth and good depth pieces. Multiple position ca- caliber, special teams caliber, guys that can help us all over this field. That's that's just, they did such a great job in this offseason of free agency. I am just psyched, absolutely straight psyched reward striker <laughs> awesome well we do need to buy miles jack jerseys to watch to match yes you-, you need to get all the miles jerseys miles hopefully you can win an autograph sign miles jack jersey over from our sponsors at total sports enterprises i'm keeping my fingers crossed for you miles when that one pops up ian white who do you think is going to be starting for us this year um it's all over the place, and I'm kind of at the end of the podcast, the vidcast now, so I'm I'm not going to really jump into it. Just I'll, I'll go over the offensive line quickly because that's the only one that's really going to be big uh, is offense. And that's DJ, Claypool are going to be your starters. I think Pickens is going to be the slot to start. Left to right, it's going to be Moore, Dotson, Cole, Daniels, Chooks. You're going to have tight ends, number one on the field, obviously. It's going to be Muth, Friar Muth. Uh, and then Mitch is going to start. I'm going to have him as a starting quarterback. And Najee, of course, is a starting running back. So that's the way three, three wide receiver set. Defense is tougher. We went into this last week as well. Defensive line is pretty easy. Now it's a little tougher with Okunjobi there. Is it going to be Wormley, Okunjobi, Hayward? Or is it going to be... Okanjobi, Alualu Hayward. That this that's very interesting to me. That's something that's training camp is going to sort out. Linebackers are locked in. Watt, Jack, Bush, H- Highsmith. Safeties. We know we got Fitzy at the one. Second one, you're still not sure about. I hope it's KZ. Might be Edmonds. Two outside slots. That's the crazy thing. I do not know how out of the three people who they're going to be. Who is going to be the number two? The two the two starters. Is it going to be Sutton and Witherspoon that were on the team last year? Or is Wallace going to pop his way up there and they're going to throw Sutton in the slot? That's it. That's going to be the story of training camp right there. And we're going to start talking about that in these upcoming weeks when we start getting to the training camp again. Good question. Uh, Miles Presgraves. Hearing some of the stories, it's just repulsing. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've read some of those too. New York Times have done some. Pretty mean, not mean, but pretty uh, in-depth articles on, uh, disgusting articles on, not disgusting, that this, this, the, the, the acts were disgusting on what Watson was alleged to have done to these poor women uh, multiple times over. And all of them are like, yep, <laughs> yep. And a lot of them still haven't brought up lawsuits that they've talked to and interviewed. And they're just like, we can't do this. Some women just can't do it. So, they, you know, there's probably another 24 out there that just can't, bring themselves to have to show up in court to face a guy like this again. And that's that's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Reports that the Panthers are interested in Baker. And they want the Browns to pay half his salary. That's better than the Browns having to pay for all of it because Baker ain't playing for him this year. And no matter what, Browns are locked into that 18 mil. Locked into it. Can't get rid of it unless they trade him. And that's the only way they're going to trade him is if they're going to have to pay part of his salary. And honestly, that's it. That's absolutely it. Michael Hall, with that being said, see you next week, Striker. A toast to you and this perfect and fun vidcast every single week. A toast to Kuiper and however much time he has left. And a toast to Baltimore needing a tight end. A toast to you, Michael Hall. Always good to hear from you. By the way, the Steelers look like the San Diego Padres, a fun team to join and play for with young and veteran players. I'm liking it this year. Okay, see you, Striker. See you, Michael. Good to hear from you. Scott, I want to hear from you because this is one of the first times I've seen you on the show. I believe we have a few undrafted free agents that can make this team this year, especially those two running backs. Yeah, yeah. That is definitely the, the case as well. Um, I think we had... Running back wise, Uh, Jalen Warren out of Oklahoma State was one of them. Uh, Jeremiah Hall is a fullback. I know that. Uh, But the other running back, I know I was a little bit higher on. Oh, um, uh, Mateo Durant out of Duke. Yeah, that's the guy we've started to talk about. He had 1,241 rush yards last year, nine touchdowns, 27 receptions and 258 yards, two touchdowns receiving. Can play both ways. And guy that can play both ways – is a guy that's going to make this team. So to me, Scott, it's either going to be um, uh, right there, the guy that just Durant making the team, or it's going to be McFadden because they both have the same skill set. So we'll have to see who can do it better and who can stay healthy. McFadden, you got to stay healthy, man. You got all the talent in the world. Just got to stay healthy. Ian White, I think we will all be okay D-line, even though it retired. Especially picking up Okajobi now. I I think we're definitely looking a lot better too. And it's not the steel curtain, but I think Cam Hayward is just as good as those steel curtain guys could play down there with them. Um, But yeah, if we can solidify the other two spots, it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be real fun to watch. And Miles Durant could definitely be the number two. We don't even need a vet running back. Yeah. We'll have to watch. We'll have to see how training camp plays out. If injuries happen, I think that's probably the way we'll bring in a vet running back now. Just the way it's going. All right, Steeler Nation, it's your turn. You can chime in. I'm going to be ruining the rundown and I'll go to you guys last as always at the end of the podcast, but thank you for joining us for another great Steeler Nation vidcast sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. Be sure to check them out online at oh, www.tseshop.com. Be sure to follow them on Twitter at Total Sports ENT to be able to win one of these signed jerseys that Kenny Beamer won one already. He won a Ward jersey right before the draft. I know Miles is still trying to win one. It does happen. There are sponsors. We know they give out a winner every week because our winners are on this show with us. (laughs) So be sure to sign up for them because that is the easiest way to get an awesome free signed Steeler swag. Be sure to read our awesome Steeler-focused articles at SteelerNation.com. Thank you for making us blow up, guys. We're getting 2 million hits a month, all thanks to you, Steeler Nation. Follow us on Twitter at SteelerNation, Instagram at SteelerNation.com, Facebook at SteelerNation.com, this podcast at underscore SN podcast, Steeler Nation podcast over on uh, Instagram. And, of course, Follow me at SN Striker, Steeler Nation Striker, abbreviated to SN Striker on Twitter, on Instagram, and now on Tickety Talk. Yes, on Tickety Talk. So I'm over there too. Subscribe so I can get up to 1,000 so I can start doing my show live, for gosh sakes. And I want to do it live on TikTok as well so we can all talk about the Steelers stuff together. So great. Go to you guys last as always. Miles, good show, Striker. Thank you, Miles. And as always, I will be here rooting along with you always, Steeler Nation, especially Miles Presgraves. Go Steelers!